without further ado, let me check your levels real quick. Make sure we're all good. Check, check. This right. is Eddie Sun speaking. Beautiful. Check, check. All right. Let's get it popping. To another little bit different episode of Hoop and Holler. I'm your host, Reagan Griffin, joined today by Julio Martinez and Eddie Sun, as always. Uh, bit of a different uh, different scope today, isn't it? Different uh, vibe. Yeah. We're all in well, our respective areas. Yeah. The quarantine episode or the quarantine series, it looks like it's going to be like. I'm back in Memphis. Eddie, you're in uh, NorCal. Uh, yeah. Julio's in Southern Cal. So, uh, we're, we're, we're making do with what we have, um, but we're, we're making sure to bring you guys the content that you want and deserve, especially during these times when there's not a whole lot of content out there. Um, we know you guys are creating sports content. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, why don't I start with this? Uh, what have you guys really been up to since <laughs> since the old ordeal, since coming back home? Probably just, I mean, I... I of course, every every day seems like there's a new development. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, just watching the news, um, and for our generation, a lot of our news coverage, I guess, and news information comes from our phones, right? And the apps we're on. So just just stuck on my phone. Honestly, I, I've been wanting to do work, but that that's kind of been on and off. Uh, yeah, I mean, not not too much. Just catching up on like Netflix and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, riveting stuff. What about you, Eddie? Funny story. Yeah, so the funny story is like I drove home uh, a week ago on Friday. Like I already started like picking up on a little bit of like a runny nose, right? Mm. Which is like which is which is like not a natural symptom of the coronavirus, right? It's like like that's like dry cough, like fever. Like I didn't have any of that. <laughs> oh jeez! Oh, ah! ah! Don't mind me. <laughs> no, what's up? But but pretty much once I got home here in the Bay Area, I pretty much haven't left like maybe a mile radius of my home for like a whole week now, which is like strange. Like I've never been this confined. I mean, I mean, I I haven't been like. I don't know. I haven't been like stuck in my home just the whole time. Like I've been, I've been to the grocery store a few times. I've been to the park a few times. I've been, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm treating it normally, obviously, but I don't know. I, I I'm I'm I I kind of refuse to say stuck in my home. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I've been out to like shoot some hoops and take a walk and whatnot, but it's definitely strange. Yeah, like I haven't seen like I haven't like caught up with friends or any of that you know special situation is and pretty interesting I, I don't know how the main airport is in or if you even use the main airport in san fran yeah here in, LA, yeah here in lax like it's always lines like lines of cars to get in and it's just empty now yeah no it's like totally empty now. it's crazy it's pretty crazy yeah California just implemented like, a safer at home thing, didn't they? Where yeah, they, they, yeah they, they pretty much recommend us not to go outside unless it's for like essential stuff, like grocery shopping or medical, 
needs and whatnot. Exercises, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we can go outside and take a walk or whatever. They just want us to, you know, do the whole social distancing thing, six feet for people and all that. Yeah. I've been outside approximately three times in the past four or five days. I, I lost track at this point to take out the trash every time. So, you know, we're, we're, we're getting by. It's cool. I'm not going crazy or anything. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, <laughs> with everything Shout out going, to the NBA for giving us free league pass. Yes, that is great. That is crucial. That is great. That I, is great. I watched game six of the 2000 finals last night. Kobe with the, with the four clutch free throws at the end. Like, yeah, bro. I mean, that that's crucial. I'm definitely gonna watch more games today. No doubt about it. That that it, that was a great thing because frankly, I'm not sure. You know, with the lack of sports content that's out, I mean, I, I can't speak for you guys, but just knowing that how involved you guys are in sports, it's it's a little bit harder without just yeah. really anything going on. Like I haven't turned on the TV for ESPN or sports at all in the last week, which is a new development. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, it's also it's also a good marketing opportunity for the NBA, too, because once they start charging people for it, people are going to realize, like, well, I have all the archives to old games and stuff. Right. But like, I don't know if people even knew they had that. That's very true. Very true. Um, so with everything going on with the coronavirus, do you guys think that it the NBA should look into the possibility of just canceling the entire season or should they well, just use the postponing method? It's just I. I just find it like I I realize and I know that the NFL is head and shoulders above any other league. And, you know, a distinct second is the NBA. Mm -hmm. NBA can't compete rating wise with the NFL. But so what if it goes into the NFL season? I'm still going to watch the NBA. And I know you might not want to compete with the NFL. But let's say you you instead of what most teams had like 19, 20 games, let's say you do a five game tune up to the playoffs. You telling me people aren't gonna watch the NBA playoffs, of especially the Western Conference Finals and the Finals. Of course they will. What about you, Eddie? So, so I, I don't know, and, and maybe that that permanently you know uh, moves the season that to, to you know starting it in December. Whatever the case may be, but so what? What it's going to be a wasted season for LeBron, and you got to go into next season. He's a year old. Like I, I don't know. I just and what happens to like free agency? Do you is it like a redo of this season or like what happens with these contracts? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I totally get. It. See, the thing is, like, I don't think it's going to be something where the NBA can like look to canceling the season. Like it's probably, you know, plan Z, but if the dominoes keep falling, you know, the wrong way, then the NBA will have no other choice but to cancel the season. You know what I mean? Right. Cause like, I'm pretty sure they're looking at all the options to be like, Oh, we can start the season back up in what late June, early July. Maybe we can, you know, push free agency later. We can push, you know, the start of the next season later, but it's like, what's to say that, um, you know, that, that like health restrictions will be lifted by late June or Ju- uh, early July. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, what do you do? Do you play like the finals or conference finals in front of no fans in like a neutral location? Yeah, I think so. You know, like how do you, like, how do you coordinate all that? And it's, um, that's me. Notification. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Logistically, I don't think something like canceling the season is, um, 
is really in the NBA's hands. It's really going to come down to um, if the NBA gets like put in a really disadvantageous position and their backs against the wall, like it would really suck. Like, you know, even though I don't really have a rooting interest in any of the teams out of the playoff this year, like it would really suck because I think that, you know, th- there deserves to be some sort of like finality, some sort of winner, of right? Course. Like, yeah, here, here's my thing the NFL, when you compare the NFL to the NBA, you know, a lot of people are going to say, you know, the NBA is more socially conscious or whatever. For whatever the topic may be, it can be about race, racial justice, social justice. It can be about, you know, this coronavirus. You think the NFL would cancel its season or do you think the greedy owners would continue their season? I mean, to be honest, if the NFL season like happened at the same time the NBA season did, I think they would have had no other choice but to cancel games right now. Yeah. Like, 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 I'm serious. Even though, you know, the NFL owners would have probably, you know, hoarded as much of a cash value as they could have in this situation. And like, there was just no other way. There's too much public pressure. Like, I, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that. But he, I mean, here's my thing. If the NFL is still holding their games, I don't want the NBA to, 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 uh, cancel. Like, if they're going to hold their game, like, I want the NBA to still play too. Yeah, I mean that that's what we all want as NBA fans, right? But sometimes the, those things can't happen. I do think every measure possible needs to be taken to avoid that. Whether that's no fans, whether that's not doing the rest of the regular season and saying okay, the the, the brackets are set like they are now and just going straight into the playoffs, whether that's best of 5. Yeah, whether that's best of 5 series, um, you know, whatever you have to do, if that's no fans in the stadium, no media, and whatever. And I don't have a problem with that because you know who's who's expected or who should be in the conference finals. So you know if the Lakers played, I'm sorry, Reagan, the Grizzlies, you know who should win. So I, I, I feel like even if it's like a three-game series, like I, I wouldn't have a problem with shortening those series. I mean, I think you, what a realistic possibility is that you have to shorten everything. Even the conference finals, even the NBA finals, um, that that might be a reality that the NBA has to face. Um, and mm-hmm. if that's the bridge that they have to cross, then I say you cross it by any means necessary. Because to not have the rest of the season, like Julio alluded to, it throws off everything. It, what about free agency? What about you know the off season in general? What about the draft? It, you you got to finish the season mm-hmm. by any means possible. Yeah, and then even then, if you like shorten the series or just truncate the se- the regular season right now. You know, it's like, do do teams and players want to deal with kind of that, like, kind of asterisk, asterisk that kind of looms over the season, you think, right? No, but they also don't want to cancel. Exactly. I know they don't want to cancel, but think about, like, if you played best of five series and we no, talking about yeah. it, like, five years later, like, oh, but if they played seven games. I, no, I, I, I totally agree happen, with you. Right? I totally agree with you because any fan, any player is going to look for any excuse to say, well, you, you know, like people like back in my day, if well, you, you know, whatever, uh-huh. you know that that type of mentality. But would you rather prefer that or playing nothing? Exactly. And everybody saying the Clippers, oh, we would have won the ship. The Lakers, oh, we would have won the ship. The Bucks, we would have won the ship. You know what I'm saying? At least yeah. there's a crowning of some sort. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I guess the question to better put it is like, do you think it's going to even be? more likely that the NBA does continue its season or that they just, like, call it courts? I think it's more likely that they continue. Like, it it just... The way this thing's going, it seems like 
the the nation as a whole is becoming more conscious of what is going on and what needs to be done and it tends to you know get resolved fairly rapidly once everyone's on the same page and i feel like you know a lot of what happened in terms of the nba canceling its season and the whole deal with uh, rudy gobert and now you see you know guys like kevin durant have it and you know now that it's more tangible for people people are really starting to grasp the reality of what this is and they're starting to you know take that to heart and really start taking active steps to you know try to better the situation so i think once that starts and that we're already kind of on that road now that's when the the, the healing process sorts of starts to take place quicker um so i do think they'll end up finishing the season in whatever capacity they're able to yeah i guess like i think i'd put it at a 50 50 right now um the good thing is like it'd be weird because they'd be playing without fans but if they can get the players and team employees to test negative and you know quarantine themselves for a long enough time and limit you know interacting with other people like they can play games and conduct business it just be without like fans and you know allowing like tens of thousands of people in the arena to watch them so it's like it, yeah it would just be strange but there is a way for it to happen um, I think even the NBA should be considering that if they do push back the playoffs to um, like July and then it goes all the way through like September, then the off season is like from September to December, mm-hmm. which is like when the NFL season starts, right? And then you start the regular season on like Christmas Day or some, somewhere like that mm. and then like follow that pattern. You get less overlap with the NFL season, which again like steals the ratings, right? So, and I think that's something owners and the, the league has like talked about pushing the, the season back farther, so it competes less with the NFL. Yeah. So I, like it, it could work. It really could work. I, I don't think that you put yourself in a situation if you're the NBA to permanently restructure what the 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 schedule of the season is because i the way it is set up right now makes the most sense and i think you need to get back to that by any means possible so what i i think that they should explore it should they have to go down that route of you know kind of prolonging the or delaying the rest of the season is shortening the next season and saying okay we, we're going to shorten the, the regular season next year to try to get back on the schedule Really, and I think that makes the most sense because if you you don't want to have to compete with the NFL year in and year out, that just doesn't make fiscal sense. But no, but what Eddie's saying, if you start on Christmas, which is essentially January, you're only competing with the NFL for a month and a half, pretty much, yeah, yeah. less than a month and a half, and that's when the that's when the regular season starts, which it's whatever. And like but, this is how. This is how like TV network structured too. Like once the NFL season ends, yeah. then you get like Saturday prime time. Then you get like Tuesday and Thursday on TNT. So it's like they start prioritizing the NBA once football season ends. So it's like there's clearly kind of like a grab. So you think that it makes more sense for them to to permanently make that shift to where they can grab hold of that longer period of time where the NFL is not dominating? I don't know whether they do it, but like logistically, it makes a ton of sense. Mm. It just it just would be like a rapid change right now. Like this is something that would have been like talked about in like a new CBA deal that would have been implemented like two or three years down the road, right? Because mm. it's hard to just change it for next year when arenas have already booked, you know, like uh, t- like dates for like concerts and events, right? And you know, already like uh, held out certain dates for games next year, right? There just have to be a ton of logistic logistical switching. But just, you know, in theory, it does make a ton of sense. Like, I think so. 
let's play this hypothetical game. If the season does have to be canceled, well, fingers crossed that it's not. Um, but if it does, do you think that they should go ahead and give out awards, whether that's MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and some of those accolades too, like All NBA? Do you think those things should no. still be given out? Because if it's canceled, there will be no NBA champion. There's no NBA champion. There's no Finals MVP. So I mean, if well, those awards, the regular season awards, though, Julio, the regular season but awards. Still, yeah. still, I, I see. I compare. Okay, like you know how everybody's talking about Braun and MVP discussions, and right. You know, we all we all agree it's Giannis. Yes. For for now, but what I equate it to. Let's say you take the NBA regular season as a as a game and split it up by quarters. You can't tell me LeBron isn't leading Giannis in the fourth quarter. You, you know what I'm saying? He is. So he still had a chance to catch up. So you can't determine whether he was or wasn't going to match Giannis in that MVP discussion. Yeah, but with that said, you, you have a strong enough sample size, I think, because – Whereas LeBron might have won the fourth quarter, I think that either way, Giannis had built enough lead between the first three quarters that it was really, you know, his undisputed. And I think for most of the awards, it was like that. Maybe not for all of them, but I think you have a large enough sample size to say, okay, these were the best players of the regular season. Because at the end of the day, these are just regular season awards. But then, like, here's the thing. And I'm not saying LeBron is, of course, he's trying to win the MVP. Why wouldn't you try to win the MVP? But I'm not saying that's his top priority or goal. But let's say he was straining himself a little bit more than, you know, he deemed or we deemed necessary to maybe try to get that MVP award. So does that all just go to wash? Sometimes what if he was going to have two more 40 point games? I mean, in the last stretch of the season, the the reality that I think we're all facing right now, as really as a collective society, is that sometimes you get inconvenienced. And it's just like that. Like, you know, sometimes you waste a lot of energy. But I mean, we we were what, working on that show for how long? And we put a lot of energy into it and we have to off put it till next year. So sometimes you just sometimes literally it just be like that. So, you know, if it if it inconveniences Braun, then that's unfortunate and it sucks. But that's the reality of it. I, I think you have I mean, I don't know how exactly how many games they played. I think it was upwards of 60. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, for an 82 game season, I think a 60 plus game sample size is enough to say, okay, these were the guys who stood out this year. Yeah. And like people have played about 60 games, you know, missing injury and whatnot and gotten awards for stuff. So, um, like I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that big of like a hindrance. Like I do think you need to give the awards just, I'm thinking in a practical sense because think about players that qualify for like super max contracts. Mm. Right, it's like it uses all NBA defensive players and get an MVP as like qualifications, right. so you can get, you know, like you can get way more money. With and the there's incentives built into contracts that that include those things too. Yeah, like there's stipulations there too. So, um, I mean, obviously that's like a really practical reason. I think that you award it anyways just because people want to know, right? Who do you think is the coach? Who's the sixth man? Who's the MVP? Mm-hmm. Right, but. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, in, in a different way. Here. Right. And had this happened like 10 games into the season or 20, really even 30, 40, like maybe we can start having those discussions of whether or not we should. But this late into the year, I think there's there's enough sample size to, yeah. to make a yeah. distinction. Um, We talked about Gobert a little bit, and he uh, 
let's just say he's faced a little bit of backlash for <laughs> some of his antics regarding the 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 virus and you know his not knowing that he had it and you know doing things that you know could have potentially spread it do you guys think he's deserving of all of the backlash that he's getting or do you think he's kind of brunting or you know being more of a face of someone well some i mean you you really have to you can't really i feel like judge it from an outside perspective you got to put it in face value and put yourselves in the shoes of donovan mitchell mm. let's say okay because there were reports that Rudy Gobert, after that, you know, he touched all these microphones and phones and recorders that he then went into the locker room. And in the days leading up to his, uh, you know, him testing positive, he was messing with his teammates. He was like extra touchy with them, just making the point that he's not going to get coronavirus and the, that it's all whatever, whatever, fake, let's say. And just because you don't take it seriously doesn't mean I'm not taking it seriously. And if you gave it to me, unknowingly and you didn't know that you had it and obviously donovan mitchell's asymptomatic right now what if what if i had contact with my mom after the game right what if i had contact with my with my little sister or with my with my with my with my grandfather you know that that's elderly like you i don't worry about me as donovan mitchell i'm worrying about you know the people closest to me that you you know that might be originated yeah. from you that's what pisses me off so i, I don't know I, I would i would say he's deserving of that criticism hmm. yeah i'm i'm like i feel like people are feigning too much kindness you know in these situations right like people are too much like oh like let, let's stop you know blaming rudy gobert let's stop you know slandering him on twitter or whatever because, you know, so many people in this country didn't take it seriously. But it's like, I think that's the point. You know, it's like, just because Rudy Gobert isn't a special case, you know, doesn't mean that he's not deserving of some sort of criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, like, maybe he's just, you know, the the best example of how people kind of treated this thing. Because, like, it's been ongoing in, like, China and Italy and other countries for, like, months now. Right? Like, we knew the threat of it. And for Rudy Gobert, even after the NBA implemented, like, you know, some sort of measure right because of it distancing the media and, and the players right by messing around and touching all the microphones and not being serious about it yeah you know, like it's kind of po- it's kind of poetic that he's sure. the first player to test positive because like it's it's something that he should have taken seriously that everyone should have taken seriously mm-hmm. just just because he was the first or he was i guess the the staple head or you know the figure that that as you said the example that, you know, that didn't take it seriously and, you know, he was then infected and it, it almost worked like karma just because he almost made, you know, everyone think, oh, if an NBA player can get it, then I can get it, you know, it instituted that feeling into people. Just because that happened doesn't mean that you that should praise him. Right? Yeah. yeah, because he didn't do it on purpose. Just because in that timeline, Trump... Donald Trump went from it's a hoax, whatever it is, to it's a pandemic, blah, 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 in a week. And for like Fox News people, just because just because he, he might have helped create that narrative of not taking it seriously, it's the flu, to taking it seriously, doesn't mean you should praise him. No, he, he didn't yeah. do that. He, on he definitely doesn't deserve praise. And I just think he 
like you alluded to, Eddie, he's just he was representative of a larger ignorance that persisted throughout our society, which was like, yeah. you know, let's just not take it seriously, blah, blah, blah. It's nothing. It's just a flu. Yeah. Whereas, you know, once it's tangibly there and you see it and you see how dumb you look to everyone around yeah. you or the, how dumb you could potentially look when you're just acting willy nilly like nothing's going on. Um, yeah. That's when people started taking it seriously. And I just think, you know, let's not praise him. He, he just let him serve as a, uh, a precautionary tale. And I think he did because once he yeah. tested positive, that's when the NBA canceled the rest of the season. That's when you saw everyone follow suit, taking this thing very seriously. It's all he's he's no hero. He was just, you know, the 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 domino that kind of had to fall in yeah. order for these things to start like really we, taking place. We, we let a lot of people that are you know, ignorant in this world, you know, speaking in large terms here, like off the hook too much. Like when we heard that Rudy Gobert tested positive and he was messing around and touching all the reporters, we're all like, oh, like he just didn't know better. You know, like, oh, he, he just he just wasn't informed. He, did, he wasn't this or that. You know, like that, like that doesn't recuse him of anything. It's like there's so many articles, there's so many, you know, resources out there that he could have access to. Like the NBA was like telling players and employees about it. You know, it's like just because he didn't know any better doesn't mean that we shouldn't be, you know, looking at him really seriously and saying, like, come on, dude, like, really? Yeah, agreed. And then, of course, like I read, a, I, I read a lot of stuff about, you know, if it wasn't for Rudy Gobert, right, the NBA might have kept on going until the next player tested positive, which probably wouldn't have happened for just a couple more days, considering how fast it right. spread. But like, yeah, every like every single game that happened would have exponentially, you know, spread the disease, you know, it seems. So, I guess, yeah, it's true that Rudy Gobert did help the NBA kind of shut off the season at the right time you know as early as they consciously possibly could because otherwise i do think the nba would have tried to still you know keep on filling their pockets of course playing those yeah. games you know getting all that revenue that yeah. they could have no doubt um another uh thing that you want to talk about julio um and, and less coronavirus news just nba news in general was the head coaching situation for the nets um Let's just say they have some time to figure that out now. Uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what do you think that looks like? I mean, I, uh, I just feel like everybody, you know, with the criticism of Kyrie Irving since the days of Cle- shoot, Cleveland, not even just Boston, it, everybody straight up said, "Oh, Kyrie, 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 he was the cause of all this." You think you you don't think they. Or you think they would have done this and fired their coach if KD liked the coach? No. No way. He signed off on it too. So I I just feel like a lot of people, you know, attacking Kyrie. And, you know, when KD went to the Nets, the first interview he did or whatever, Players Tribune, whatever he did, it was uh, like, oh, we really like the culture of the Nets and, you know, the acting in his building. It's BS. that That was just the location. In New York, where you you could team up with Kyrie and bring along a friend like DJ. Oh, and now Jared Allen is better than DJ. He just is. And now DJ was in the starting lineup. You know, after you know the, the Kenny Atkinson got fired. Like that. That's just like again. Yes, the NBA is run by players, but. I, I, I just wanted to stop the narrative of like, 
it was all Kyrie. No, you don't think KD had a had a hand in this? Like, too? Mm. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, and, like, you? before the season started, yeah, like, b- before the season started, I was talking about, you know, it's good that Kawhi and PG teamed up on the Clippers and Kyrie and KD on the Nets instead of, say, like, the Knicks and the Lakers because I thought, you know, it was good that they're giving kind of credit, I guess, to... um you know, like, like I guess you can say, giving credit to the secondary, yeah, right, okay. of the of the Clippers and the Nets. But like, I mean, I was pretty wrong. Like, it, it it was like it didn't mean anything. I think for either of the teams, yeah, it's like, I mean, Kawhi came into the Clippers and totally disrupted whatever harmony they had. You know, reports seem to say right this year, like people are mad. You know, they don't like the work ethic. They think. Kawhi's, you know, taking too much control or, or, or being too lax with how much he's playing. And then now, obviously, this Kyrie and KD thing in Brooklyn where you took a pretty well-respected coach, right, a culture builder and Kenny Atkinson and said, you know, I don't care about your culture, right? This is the Kyrie and KD show. So, And, um, and you know, we're, we're not in that locker room. We don't know if, if Kenny Atkinson is – you know, one of those Brad Stevens type coaches or what Brad Stevens has been criticized to do, you know, where he carries B level players and, you know, can't elevate, I guess, a talent. But from what you've seen of Kenny Atkinson, I feel like, and again, another thing, we don't know his rotations, how he is in late games and substitutions, but, you know, from what we've seen from an outside perspective, like, I just feel like, he would have been like a, a great like centerpiece, strong voice coach that would be necessary in a team where a lot of drama uh, and media circus surrounds Kyrie and KD. I feel like he would have been the perfect staple head to lead that charge. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard some stuff comparing him to Brett Brown on the Sixers, right? Where Brett Brown was there for like the process years. Mm-hmm. And he was really good at managing like a whole bunch of like nobodies and kind of creating like camaraderie out of it. But once they started having expectations, like the actual tactical stuff, you know, Brett Brown started showing signs of not being as good as it, as good at it. And even like on the Nets last year, you know, it seems like even Nets fans say that Kenny Atkins wasn't really good in late game situations. You know, like that stuff kind of, you know, started to show some cracks there, even though like he was a really good. Yeah. And, and if that's coach. the case, then I, I understand it. But, uh, but I mean, uh, like it is it is what it is. It's Kyrie and Katie going in there and saying, you know, let me essentially run the team. Right. Just just like Kawhi and PG are doing on the Clippers. I think really the reason why, you know, they chose the Clippers and then, you know, Kyrie Katie chose the Nets is that if they went to a place like the Lakers or the Knicks, there's like years of history, you know, they like want to create their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You go to the Clippers where they created kind of like a really good infrastructure for them to succeed, only for them to basically take it over and say, okay, we're good. Now let me, you know, do my thing. Also, yeah, also another factor uh, important to a lot of players, at least it was important to me, is that when I get advice from someone, I like to get it from a former player. Yes, and, yeah. You know, when you get when you're getting advice from a Doc Rivers, a Sam Cassell, a Tyron Lou, you know, the Clippers bench right there, or uh, you know, e- even with the Lakers bench, Frank Vogel wasn't an NBA player, but you got Jason Kidd. You got Phil Handy, who's a trainer. You got uh, um, uh, Lionel Hollins, who was a player. 
so maybe they that that's their plan to bring in a Mark Jackson or a Tyron. Lue. It's definitely going to be Tyron Lue. Let's be to, realistic. Uh, it's going to be Tyron Lue. Yeah, to head a coaching staff. Um, but man, it, I I don't know. It, it just it caught me by surprise. It, it really did. I don't know why. Yeah, especially the timing of it. I mean, obviously before all this whole coronavirus stuff happened. Yeah, and, yeah, just like in, in a playoff hunt, you know. It just it, it made me mad too with the with the Jared Allen situation because I mean when I see Jared Allen play like uh, he really plays hard. He's good. Like, he's really good. He, he he he's better than DeAndre Jordan. He's better than DeAndre Jordan. Stop being butthurt about it, like. And that, that's the line that you have to tote, right, is how much power can I give to these players because they are your stars and they're ultimately what carries you to the pinnacle that you want to achieve, which is an NBA championship. But there has to be some sort of give and take there. You can't just let them come in and run the show. You can't you can't let them come in and determine who's in the starting lineup. You can't let them come in and determine who's what the minutes are. So they're. they're the only guys who really seem to be able to have that sort of control are the former players, like you said, Julio. It's Tyron yeah. Lue, and they're they're like the players are more willing to receive those sorts of things. When there has to be a guy that they respect. Also, I don't even the, know if Tyron Lue is more than just like a yes man, like he was in Cleveland. He wasn't a like, yes man know, in Cleveland. Like, I mean, he wasn't just a yes man, but you know, he and LeBron could both push at each other equally. Yeah, which, you know, but, in a coach-player dynamic, a 50-50 split of power is, like, not really coach-player. But that's you know? about the best you can do when it comes to the stars like that. Because... But I'm just saying, like, that's that's what Ty Lue is. I but mean, also, with, with, without Ty Lue, like, let's say this is Atkinson, it could have been a 70-30, but that 70-30 ultimately led to his being out. So there has to be some sort of give and oh, take yeah. between the stars. But also, you know, what I've been hearing is... Uh, Oh, why not listen to the players? And, and yeah, you know, a lot of the times players are right. You know, LeBron wanted to get David Blatt out. He wanted to elevate Tyron Lue. But why don't we talking about the other cases where management and, you know, specifically Pat Riley said, no, we're keeping Eric Spolstra here, mm-hmm. even if yeah. you don't want him, it, it, you know, as your coach to LeBron. They kept Eric Spolstra. You, you know who might be a hard nosed dude like like Atkinson, but and that was obviously the right move, yeah, to, to make. So who who's to say I, keeping Atkinson wasn't the right move to make? Of course, mm, time will tell. Um, finally, while we end on this, uh, should this be that I feel like I keep on talking in terms of like the NBA season's over? Let's just pray it's not. But should it be the end of the season, right? What would be some of the moments that you look back on that really define the season for you? Some of your favorite moments, things of that nature. Uh, to me, it's Damian Lillard after uh, you know the the first game that the Lakers played at home uh, after you know the Kobe tragedy. You know, mm. seeing him like like just that Mamba mentality coming out on the court and that, 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 you know, Kobe's spirit really, really just elevating him. And, you know, then he goes on, on his crazy streak. And, you know, all I could think about is, uh, is, you know, the, the streaks Kobe's been on of, you know, four straight, I think it's like 50 point games. And it's just, it was crazy to think, but it all started for me, like right there against the Lakers. And even though it came at the Lakers' demise, you know, it was still valuable and amazing to see, you know, after Kobe's tragedy, the first game, 
and him really just locking in and, you know, not taking it easy on the Lakers. Like that's what Kobe would have wanted Damian Lillard to do. Mm -hmm. He would have wanted him to murder the Lakers. Right. So yeah, that, 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 that's my favorite moment. Daddy. You got something? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, I kind of have two, and I really couldn't pick between the two because they both had me equally excited. Um, but one was the NBA All Star Game. Like I, I think far and away best one that yeah. I've seen in my lifetime, especially the fourth quarter. They actually played against each other, and obviously the best players in the world going at it on the same court. Uh, watching Kyle Lowry fumble the bag was hilarious. It was it was a fun experience, but. Kind of one that sort of slipped my mind until I really sat down and thought about it was Zion Williamson's debut. And Eddie, I actually got to watch that with you. We were in the uh we were in the the little front area for the for our dorm. And he just doesn't do anything for three quarters. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, he just knocks down can like just what was it, four or five threes just out of the blue. Didn't didn't he didn't jump an inch because we know he has a set shot so he didn't jump at all it was just Zion Williamson shooting threes out of nowhere and he was knocking them down and you saw how excited I was so just those two yeah. moments were the 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 two that really just were really, they those were the ones that excited me throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I think about the season, it's like the ultimate reason. It just kind of popped in my mind to not stick to sports when we're talking about sports in general because mm-hmm. just just think about how tumultuous this nba season was starting the year off with the whole china situation right right and in the middle of the year you got the kobe tragedy which just like transcended all kind of competition on the hardwood right and then now you got you know the whole stoppage with the coronavirus it's like if you're like adam silver if you're anyone in the league offices or, or just you know a fan of the nba in general you see that how much these external forces matter in the nba right like you see how something like international affairs and geopolitics all of a sudden poses like a huge threat to the nba and now you have like a global health crisis that just you know suspended or even ended the season in its entirety mm-hmm. right and then how you see you know, a hero, a basketball star like Kobe Bryant, all of a sudden becomes something so much more than life. You know, like it's these things I think matter in the NBA season. And I mean, the gameplay itself wasn't bad either. There's been more competitive parity this year than, you know, in the last five seasons. Yeah. And, but yeah. I think the greater point is just how much, you know, things happen that matter in sports that are Outs- beyond sports itself. Yeah. yeah. Outs- uh, off the court, it, it's definitely been crazy um another thing i wanted to highlight was uh finally the lakers beat the clippers i get heated as a fan watching those games you know a lot of curse words come out a lot of uh i just get very very emotional i just i i just hate the clippers with my whole heart you guys know that um so when they finally got that dub uh i was I was so happy. That was another. That was another highlight of the season for me. Right. Just, just that weekend in general, I think was a was a, one of the highlights. LeBron's weekend, just beating LeBron, the, the, the Bucks, and, Bucks too. and that's really yeah. as a, as Lakers fans, right? Because I'm sure that's not the highlight of a of the season for a Bucks fan or a Clippers fan, but <laughs> just how dominant he was, it, it really showed. You know, this Le- guy. Le- talking about LeBron, he he had a few dunks this season, though. Yeah, he dunked over that that dude. Uh, um, I don't know how to say his name. On the on the Kings, Bialito. 
Yeah. Bielita. That was and against the Timberwolves when he was on the right wing, he drove left and he bop. Mm. Yeah. That was that was insane too. There were some pretty um, ones, weren't there? Yeah, and also also the game winner by uh Bogdanovich against the That Rockets. was insane. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I w- I was really excited. And why why don't I throw this out there? Um because I, what are some of the things that you were excited to see for the end of the season? Obviously, the, the playoffs and what would have happened between the Lakers and the Clippers. But just some things that you were, like, looking forward to that now you either have to wait on or don't get to see. Well, okay. Like, mine, like, I know the two best teams, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, the two best teams in the league are the Lakers and the Clippers. Mm-hmm. But I, I swear, I was excited to see kind of like the B level or that second tier of teams how they would fare against each other in the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. I, yeah, like in my mind, like though, you know, LA is obviously a bigger market than Utah, but Utah is so intriguing to me. And like, I want to see them against the Nuggets or them against the Rockets or them against the, even the Lakers or the Clippers. Cause I just want to see how they fare in, the, in those mm-hmm. playoff situations. I want to see if, you know, if the 76ers were back healthy, mm-hmm. if they would actually step up to the plate against Milwaukee, yeah. how how Miami would fare against, you know, even the Pacers. Like, I want to see those matchups, uh, even though, like, those second-tier teams. I don't know why. I was just so intrigued with, with those teams. Right. Yeah. I mean, on that note, like, I obviously, like, you guys know, I wanted to see how this Rockets experience. That's what I was going to say. I, I, want, I was really looking forward to that. It's just like, cool. how's that going to go? Um, even on that note, I'll throw something really crazy out there. I think people still were sleeping on OKC. I think there's like mind, a slight, there, there's there's a slight possibility, like a, a slight realistic possibility. My, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a slight realistic possibility that they could have made the Western Conference Finals. Whoa, so you think whoa, they would have beat? Whoa. You think they would have beat the Clippers? I think that they. Fell down to the six seed. They beat Denver as the three, mm. and then I think they match up really well against the Clippers. That's that's a take. I, I, I mean, they, they they probably wouldn't beat them. Okay, but I think I think you know. I mean, they were one of the more the right clutch way. teams in but the league this year. Like, yeah, pe- no, people do not talk enough about. Is those. Chris Paul an All Star? I've been saying this. He, he been, I mean, the West. The West was so loaded, you know, but like he's been damn good this year. So, yeah. so has Dennis Schroeder and Gallinari and, and all of them. Shy man, like, shy has been yeah. ridiculous. I mean, they 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 were like a fun story for the most part, but it's like no, they're, they're legit. I think they can compete with the Nuggets and the Jazz and, and the Mavs and all those. I feel like I compare them to a Miami almost with just like a bunch of solid pieces but they have more options in miami though that's that's what makes them like yeah you know yeah. more like more dangerous yeah. I, was but, looking... I don't know hopefully we get to see these hypotheticals play out yeah you know? yeah that's the that's the hope I, I was i was looking forward to um what cat and Delo would have looked like together on the court um, because they never got to play a game think, together, right? I don't think it would have happened. I think they would have shut Cat down. Oh lord, that would have been bad for my fantasy team. But um, just regardless, that that sort of I, that really intrigues me between the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. outside of that, you know, I if LeBron was gonna ever chase down Giannis for the MVP, I wanted to see Ja in the playoffs. I feel like playoff Ja might be a different beast 
even though they would have probably got swept by the Lakers, I feel like he's dropping 25 plus a game easy just because he seems like that type of dude. Um, you know, Zion, were, were the Pelicans going to chase down the Grizzlies? Like, just these, these yeah. things that we we probably might not get to see. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we do get to see some semblance of that, whether it's the rest of the regular season, whether it's just yeah. the playoffs. Um, fingers crossed on that. But, you know, the, the, these are safe times. And the, both of you and the people out there listening, uh, just, just stay safe, please. Uh, mm-hmm. Take this stuff to heart. Don't don't be a Rudy. Don't be a Gobert. Don't be a Gobert. Um but with that said, I think that'll end this episode of Hoopa Holler. This has been Reagan Griffin, joined by Eddie Sun and Julio Martinez. As always, make sure you go check out our other content on uh, Square One Media, triple coverage on the clock. Written content, I estimate that there's probably going to be some a little bit more written content in the coming weeks, just because there's not much else to do. Um, but with that said, we'll close it out here. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.